This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. BFM 89.9, am on Friday, the 17th of February. You're listening to The Morning Run. I'm Shazana Mokhtar with Philip C. and Chong Jen Sun. In half an hour, we're going to get insights from the 2023 State of Southeast Asia survey compiled by the IC's Yusuf Isha Institute. But as always, we're going to kickstart the morning with a look at how global markets closed overnight. So U.S. markets, they all ended in the red as the producer price index rose higher than expected and comments from St. Louis Fed President James Bullard actually shook the markets. The Dow was down 1.3%, S&P 500 down 1.4%, the Nasdaq was down by 1.8%. In Asian markets, the Nikkei was up by 0.7%, Hang Seng up by 0.8%, the Shanghai Composite was down by 1%, Straits Times Index up by 0.9%, and the FBM KLCI, it was down by 0.3%. So for more thoughts on what's moving international markets, we have on the line with us Yap Junrong, market strategist at IG International. Junrong, good morning. Thanks very much for joining us. Now for a while this year, stock indices did soar, um, but inflationary fear sparked a brief pullback in this shift to stocks. Do you see the rally in global equities being sustainable in 2023? Hey, good morning. Thanks for having me. I think over the past uh, one year, sentiments have reached this uh, extreme uh, bearish end of the spectrum. And recently, what we are seeing now is some unwinding of these uh, bearish sentiments on the basis that things so far have not been as bad as what was feared originally. So for one, we have a very strong uh, beat rate in recent uh, corporate earnings uh, performance. Uh, we have central banks trying to move into the phase of a downshifting, even though you know overnight we are hearing some comments that kind of pushing back against this narrative. But we also have this uh, ongoing moderation in inflation and also economic data coming in uh, much better and uh, pushing back against the uh, previous uh, worries of a recession. So I think this confluence of factors are providing legs for the market rally to run. Uh, but in my opinion, I think there are very two uh, key risks that we will have to monitor very closely into 2023 in order for the rally to sustain. I think one will be if inflationary pressures start to turn up again. So that will mean that the rate hikes we have seen from the central bank thus far have not been effective. And that will actually warrant a more aggressive move of a tightening uh, once more. And the second risk is when we have economic conditions are worsened drastically to point towards a, a hard landing. So I think the unemployment rate so far is usually, you know, during an economic downturn, the unemployment rate is usually the last shoe to drop. So I think we can monitor that very closely. Uh, but for now, you know, unemployment rate are still resilient or even better than pre-COVID levels. So these risks are there, but have not really uh, surfaced yet. And that's why I think Fed Reserve Bank of St. Louis President James Bullard will not rule out a half percent point interest rate hike. And quote, he said, my overall judgment is there will be long battle against inflation. Do you think it's an exception or the case? Yeah, so I think the Fed has been uh, very, very data dependent and I think the market should be data dependent as well. So just when we have been seeing this uh, downside surprise in the inflationary pressure over the past few months, I think the recent uh, reading coming out from the US CPI and overnight the US uh, PPI, uh, the outside surprise there kind of really, you know, provide a moment of reckoning that inflationary pressure is moderating but may not be moderating as quickly as what was expected. So that will mean that, you know, overall the, the money 
monetary tightening will react to these uh, upside surprises uh, with a higher peak in the rate heights. And that is what the uh, markets are struggling to try to, you know, really adjust their expectations to be more aligned with the Fed. So previously, the Fed mentioned that a move above 5% is warranted. So we are seeing market expectation trying to adjust to the end. But, you know, once more, we are seeing uh, tops of 50 basis points coming back into the picture. So when we will actually see a peak in, in, the, in the interest rate, it's still a very much up in the air. And uh, if you were to see inflation uh, turn up over the coming months, uh, I think, you know, that would definitely warrant more aggressive move of tightening and really put a pause in the global rally. And Junrong, the EU intends to ban the sale of new petrol and diesel cars from 2035. What opportunities will this present for industry leaders like BYD and Tesla? Also, what consequences might this have for Toyota, which has lagged in the EV race? So I think the recent move from EU to ban the sale of you know new petrol and diesel cars from 2035, uh, that will be a very strong uh, longer-term push in speeding up the switch to uh, electric vehicles. And thus far, if you look at the region, uh, the adoption rate has already been one of the highest. A uh, penetration rate in 2023 was roughly at 22%. Uh, so there is still somewhat a long runway of growth to be tapped on uh, in the region. So generally, I think the demand tailwind for companies such as uh, BYD and Tesla still remain intact and the scale of production uh, from these large companies uh, kind of allow them to better cope with uh, competition from other players. So I think the most recent example comes from Tesla which are able to really slash uh, prices uh, globally on its electric vehicles by as much as 20% to really pit against uh, smaller rivals who are still uh, bleeding uh, cash in a sense. And on the other hand, I think for Toyota, it has really fallen out of favor uh, over the past few months. It used to be a market leader, uh, but currently it's now being more of a follower. And as with any uh, growth catalyst, I think you will have to be very quick to draw as much demand as possible and kind of protect your market share with a competitive advantage in your products. So for now, I think these have not been playing out uh, as well for Toyota yet, uh, especially with strong uh, competitors such as uh, GM and also Ford, who are also running a very aggressive uh, investment. So kind of the failure to have a strong uh, selling point or unique technology uh, kind of remains the problem that the company will have to continue finding ways to overcome ahead. So let's take a look at another related sector, Junrong, and that's uh, semiconductors. We do see chip makers like Samsung and TSMC, um, their profits have been shrinking and share prices tanking in recent months. I guess, how would you explain this pullback from the semiconductors, given that investors were highly bullish on the sector back in 2021? Yeah, so if we backtrack to the COVID-19 period in 2020-2021, I think the semiconductor industry has been enjoying this uh, very stellar performance, uh, largely because supply disruption were rampant then, whereas uh, uh, companies were also rushing for this uh, digital transformation, which kind of propelled this uh, strong surge in demand for uh, semiconductors. So the supply-demand imbalance were high, and these firms can charge uh, way higher prices uh, to earn more profits. So prices were at records high uh, during those times. But if you were to fast forward to today, I think the dynamics has shifted. Uh, supply chain disruption has moved mostly eased. And uh, if you look at the digital transformation trend among corporates, it has not been as robust as before. But on the contrary, I think companies are pulling back on their corporate spending and kind of uh, conserving cash uh, in current times of uh, economic uncertainty. So therefore, I think uh, semiconductor firms cannot enjoy their usual pricing power 
power as much. Mm. Uh, if you look at some of the semiconductor prices for high-end electronic products such as mobile phones, it has actually dropped by almost tenfold since the start of 2022. And to add on to further worries, I think a recent US-China relation have not been at the best of state and uh, technology has always been at the crosshair or in times of any uh, geopolitical tension. So I think uh, overall all of these uh, confluence are kind of uh, providing a uh, more risk for a semiconductors, especially heading into 2023. And so, General, I was quite interested to get your thoughts. Are there any winners and losers from this chip war between the US and China? Or are all of them losers? Yeah, I think uh, whenever there is this uh, geopolitical tensions uh, surfacing, we are seeing uh, some form of uh, export control. Uh, you know, just last year, we have these uh, export controls coming from the US that is implemented on China. So they kind of restrict their uh, chip access. Um, so I think currently there is this added risk factors at the, uh, in the uh, semiconductor sectors, which you know kind of uh, encompasses this uh, geopolitical uh, tension. I think there isn't really much of a winner, uh, in my opinion, I think if you are seeing this constant um, aggressive move against uh, each other, you know, there's really a huge uncertainty on you know demand for these uh, semiconductors, especially from uh, these uh, cross-countries uh, relations. So I think uh, it's really hard to pinpoint, and I think uh, investors have been starting to price in this added uh, uncertainty in terms of these semiconductor stock prices. So I think we, le- we really need to see some form of uh, easing. I think uh, recently they are still uh, willing to come out and really discuss and talk about the, the recent uh, spy balloon incident. So trying to ease some tensions there, but I think we will really have to seek greater clarity and sort of put this behind the backseat in order for semiconductors uh, companies to really gain uh, much more traction ahead. Junrong, thanks very much for speaking to us. That was Yap Junrong, market strategist at IG International, giving us his take on some of the trends that he sees moving markets in the days and weeks ahead. Yeah, on TSMC, on TSMC, I did read an article that Warren Buffett is actually selling down his stake, and there were no reasons given, but he bought his stake actually very recently, and he's chosen to actually take the chips off the table. He's chosen to actually sell out his stake, and people are speculating that it could probably be due to the increased tensions between US and China. And TSM, we just also post that Taiwan Straits risk still. Tensions, uh, I think, clearly show that there's no winner, but there's also an issue of oversupply here in the supply chain. Yeah, that's something that uh, will play out in the sector, I guess, in the years to come. But uh, when things go down, they always go up as well. So it is cyclical in that sense. Uh, Let's take a quick look at some of the corporate earnings that we're seeing um, from international markets. Uh, Looking at DoorDash, now the food delivery company reported better than expected sales for the fourth quarter and also gave upbeat guidance and uh, investors seem to really like this because shares of DoorDash jumped as much as 6% in extended trading uh, after the news came out. Loss per share was $1.65 per share versus $0.68 cents as expected, but revenue was $1.82 billion versus $1.77 billion as forecasted. The company also said it approved a buyback of up to $750 million of its shares. That's probably why investors were cheering. No, it's really <laughs> yes. the share buyback because when I saw the loss per share at $1.65 versus 68 hey, that's still a pretty big loss there. Um, in any case, though, um, I, I they're, they're, despite inflationary pressures, they seem to have pretty upbeat guidance looking forward. Yeah, they expect market gross order volume to be between $15.1 and $15.5 billion, which is a bit higher than what analysts are expecting, which is at about $15 billion. So people still want takeout. 
even at, delivered to their home as opposed to going out, even after the pandemic reopening. Yeah, and even though it might be more expensive to have that takeout brought in, it, I mean, people, it's one of people the... People still like the convenience of it. I, I have to say I do. I, <laughs> I, I do. 7.17 in the morning. We're taking a quick break, but uh, we do have a, a message for you. As fears of recession and inflation mount in an increasingly uncertain economic environment, thinking long-term has become crucial to anyone's wallet. But where do you start? From the stock market to you unit trust to robo-advisors and even cryptocurrencies. Where should you park your money in today's world? Join us at the BFM Ringgit and Sense invest- investing through a stormy 2023 event where our expert guests will share insights and tips. It's happening on Wednesday the 1st of March. Get your tickets at bfm.my slash events. This event is presented by Sun Life Malaysia, your lifetime insurance and takaful partner. Stay tuned. We'll be covering top stories in the newspapers and portals next, BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.